guy is Canadian, lives in Canada, I don't know, somewhere in Canada. He hardly ever trains outside. Which you're not a big fan of. Oh my God. That's the, <laughs> that, is the, that is the worst thing ever. He, check this, and it's on the internet. You can find it on the internet. The bitch has an endless pool, which forget riding on the home train or on your bike or on a treadmill. The worst thing that you could ever, ever do to somebody <laughs> is put them in an endless pool. Mm-hmm. He trains in an endless pool in the house, the garage or whatever. And then he has his bike. It sits, sits on a trainer that he he's, has on the back patio. That's and then unreal. there's this clip, and you can check this on, his, uh, on Lionel Sanders' um, Instagram feed. He's got this it's it's like a closet, a little small room with a sauna in it and a treadmill and this other thing that generates heat, and that's where he runs. And it's like dark. I mean... So he he, he puts himself in a dark, hot closet yeah. to prepare. I mean, I, I just... And, and again, you're not training for a one-hour event. You're training for an event What is the eight, I mean, What is the, the longest you've ever been on a trainer or a bike trainer? Couple hours. Couple hours. Yeah. Me I, just, too. I, couldn't, it, I couldn't do it. Um, and you lose your mind. What's the longest you've been on a treadmill? An hour, maybe? An hour. I couldn't. That's it. I just, but it, 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 I think it speaks to, and I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I think it's amazing. I think it's remarkable. I think it's really kind of super fucked up. <laughs> but I think it speaks to just how intense this guy is. You, you got it. Something's, something has to be different in your head mm. to think that that's a good idea and to actually go do it. I mean, that's, that is a person that is way worse than having a problem on the open road in the race. Like I, there's something I admire that because I never, ever, ever, ever do that. Right, everybody welcome back to the stages podcast special edition podcast talking about the hawaii ironman world championships jb two amazing performances daniela reef making it look easy playing just like play possum all day well she was heavily expected to win and delivered right and yeah but but we'll get into that and then patrick langa who who you know uh <laughs> in my opinion uh, didn't didn't get the lead until late in the race but but it, it was so dominating the way he was mm-hmm. running it was it was like he was mo Farah trying to win the berlin marathon or something i was like dude and not even breathing hard no that was amazing we got to yeah. get more into that uh coming up to his running style because i was sort of mind blown watching mm-hmm. him run yeah but you know the other other big story on the uh on the women's side was lucy charles this and i and you know I, Tough to get a little for both of us, really, to get beamed up on these current, you know, pros that are at the top of the game in the Ironman world. Um, but here's a girl who, either a year or two ago, was the top amateur, and then she turns pro and, and races pro this year, uh, and literally leads like they fire the gun. And what the, this is the coolest thing: like the women start five minutes after the men, and Lucy Charles is 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 swimming like Michael Phelps. She's got another girl on her feet. And at some point in the swim on the live feed, they were they they start and they remarked they they start catching pro men. Mm-hmm. I mean, how would you like to be? I don't know who it was, 
but you're out there just swimming your ass off and, and a couple girls just go blowing right by. Yeah. And it's, it's not like they, uh, have a mass start. It is literally just the pro men who are expected to be competitive and the pro women. Yeah. With a five minute gap between the two. And how about the informality of, of people laying down on stand-up paddles to keep them from starting? I thought that was kind of entertaining. Yeah. But yeah, reeled those dudes in, like yep. dominant swimming. You know, for the, for the listener at home, there's, you know, you hear so much about drafting and, and cycling, obviously, and drafting and tries, which is not allowed, or at least in, in Ironmans. And then even to an extent... It, the highest level of marathoning, there's a lot of drafting too. And for the average listener or average athlete out there, you probably don't think about drafting in swimming. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, it is a massive advantage. Mm-hmm. So for the for the the lady who was on Lucy Charles's feet, that's a huge advantage. But also, if if you saw the well, both the the, the lead pack of the women's race, but also the lead pack of the men's race, there's there's. 10, 15, 20 athletes there. If you're, if you're sitting in 12th, it is a huge advantage. And the, and the, and if you're not a good swimmer, which you saw with, with, with guys like Lionel Sanders and Cam Worf and Sebastian Keenley, if you're off of that group, you're, you're, you're literally swimming alone. And so it's not only are you losing time, but you're having to swim that much harder. It's a real effect. Yeah. I was surprised that, you know, like, who would want to be in front in the swim? Because that slipstream makes a massive difference. Right. The person who's going for the for the the preem who wants to be the, out the of the water preem. first, yeah, first out of the water. They get the TV time. They get a gap. Maybe they're not as strong in the other two. Right. The strong swimmers want to go get out of the water. They first. get on the bike first. You know, so yeah. that, you know, the, it's it's the yeah. Thomas Vuckler of. The of, of the Hawaii Ironman, <laughs> it's the TV attack. But why not? If that's your, yeah. you know, if that's hey. your absolute strength, yep. being first out of the water in an Ironman, why not? Right. Yeah. But the slipstream that is underrated, it, it, the amount of energy it can, I, it can I just save think you. people, obviously, people who have swum at a high level or or swum enough of these open water swims and tries, et cetera, or even just straight open water swims, you, you really know the effect that it has. And, and twofold, if you don't like, again, if you're one of the, the slower swimmers and you just, you miss that selection, it sucks. I mean, it is, it's demoralizing. It's hard. There was a choppy swim yesterday, which I think is, I mean, this is an interesting race. It wasn't, it was choppy. It was windy. They were very aggressive on the bike. And, um, you know, they, it's very difficult for them to cover the swim portion of the Ironman. It's It's a little tough to watch. It's tough. You just don't really know what's going on. And you can't pick them out by a swim cap. I was, well, I was watching the, the, the start and Anna walked by and I said, Oh, the Ironman just started. Come, come check this out. (laughs) And she's like peeked over my shoulder and she's like, um, uh, all right. What, like what's going on? I'm like, just, just the, you see the splashing, but I had this idea and we talked about it earlier. I was like, and, and this is just, you know, because that angle and that camera was, is the best we have at, at, at this day and age, I guess. But wouldn't it be cool if you could, I mean, obviously you're in some of the prettiest water in the world. What if you could be in the water and like underneath the water and, and somehow being propelled under the water and, 
with, 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 I don't know to how. give us something more. Yeah. I mean, that water is pretty clean, oh, you know, yeah. it's very crystal clear. So why not? It would have been cool. And they, you know, they didn't talk much about it. I will point out one thing, you know, that race starts at six 30. Mm-hmm. That water might be darker than we think at six. There's not enough sunlight. Just think it. about that for a second. Swimming in a little bit of dark water. <sighs> <laughs> with the well, man they, in the gray suit not far away you know open water swimming <laughs> is hard and yeah. it's hard to keep a straight line yeah like a lot of people right. don't get the open water practice of course these elite athletes spend the time in the open water but swimming in a straight line like you can add a half a mile to a swim easily if and you, then the current is a, is yep. a, an effect and the tide and yep. if you put a, a gps on it on an average triathlete open water swimmer and and really measured it would be so disheartening for them to see how much more they have swum you know 2.4 miles Mm -hmm. 4k is already a long ways to swim but then if you tapped them on the shoulder and said oh by the way you swam 2.6 i hate to tell you because you were (laughs) and so but that's another thing that comes into into play when when you're decide to take a lead in the swim you better be pretty experienced at, at finding, keeping your line. Right. Yep. And so the, the those people, guys, the guys at the front, they, they, they know what they're they doing, know what they're but doing. following in the slipstream, you don't have to think about it. Hell just no, follow those just, feet. Just cruise, follow just those toes. Cru- the only downside there, uh, and this goes for that, you know, the pro women's race, pro men's race. Look at the, look at the start of the amateur race. I mean, that is a true shit show. Right. Thousands of people going off. So the only the, the, the only downside there, bummer there is 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 contact. And there's a lot of contact. There's that's one of the things I wanted to ask you from your elbows, there's knees, there's feet, so your goggles go off, you're in salt water, you're you're already nervous, you're stressed about getting to, you know, a good position at the start. And then it it it, it is brutal. It's a, that it, it at that point that's it is a full contact sport i didn't realize they started in the water yeah. a lot of the triathlons i've seen you start on land back and in run the day. in back at the not yeah not why did they change that do you have any idea it's just maybe getting your goggles set and um less yeah i mean the, i think there's even more contact there with 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 the run-in starts but you also have to have a perfect beach to have that run-in i mean back in the day we did that and you'd have these big wide beaches that you knew there wasn't coral there wasn't a reef there so guys could guys and gals could run in and 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 there was this whole you know technique called dolphining so you would jump and dive and go down grab some sand pull your feet up jump again so you literally just jump and and dive jump and dive so they took that element away from it well they did in in you know in this particular event Hmm. so okay so let's talk more about daniella reef which there was there were huge gaps early on yeah. and she just must have she been made up, so confident yeah. in her running that well, she didn't she she didn't know she she was so comp if you in watching the feed and again I'm both of us just trying to get up to speed on a lot of these athletes but um she was just she just held back and uh until you know the course is really about the turnaround in Javi, so the climb to Javi, and then coming down with the, with the crosswinds, which which were fairly significant yesterday, and she just waited and waited and waited, and then she got to Kauai, the, the 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 port there, and and all of a sudden she just turned it on, and she ended up uh, catching catching Lucy Charles there, and then uh, 
I don't know. I, I, I can't remember if she came into the T2 second or right with her, but she came out first and then obviously never looked back. Yeah, that was just a badass performance yeah. by her. And she didn't get she, her. She has the course record. She got it last year, 846-46. And this year she was about four minutes slower, 850-47. So nine minutes ahead of, ahead of Lucy Charles. First American, Heather Jackson. She, okay. did, she had a good race. Yeah. Yep. I know. So we talked about it a little bit in the pre-show, some of the dominance of the Germans, the Swiss, and then we had, you know, a lot of Aussies and Kiwis up there in as of late. But that- Well, let me just let me just tell you this. I'm looking at Wiki right now. So in the last <laughs> my god. We haven't had an American winner. Paula Nuba Fraser was the last one in 1996 on the women's side. And then you start this it run was 2002 at- for the men, I think. Yep, and then on the women's side, you start this run of all the flags. The only flags you see are Canadian flags, Swiss flags, Australian and British flags. And then on the men's side, the last, since 2002, it's actually since 2004, it's it's all German flags and Australian flags and one little Belgian flag sandwiched in there. So this yeah. is... And even so, even on... I, I checked the results of the, of the top amateurs and, and um, again, dominated by by internationals well we if you listen to some of the preview shows we talked to dave scott we talked to mark allen and they talked about youth programs and then as we found from watching you know you you get to hear a lot when you listen to eight nine hours of coverage on an event and a lot of these people were collegiate swimmers and so i i couldn't help but think about that where a lot of the american kids go to college Mm -hmm. as track athletes, cross country, swimmers, maybe more of the Europeans are discovering try as teens and developing it. Probably. You know, throughout the throughout those years as opposed to a singular focus for right. college. Right. But then also you just mentioned it or touched on it. I mean, I think most of these athletes at at the at the front of these races are were either swimmers or runners. They weren't pure cyclists. And we saw a great example yesterday with Cam Worf who completely destroyed the Ironman uh, bike course record. I think it was 418. He went 412. Sanders also broke. Lionel Sanders also broke the record. What, but we're going to get to Lionel Sanders because this, this some bitch has a story. But uh, so the, the pure cyclist, uh, Cam Worf comes out of the water five minutes down. It was interesting. On the, on the men's side, they either swam 48 or 53. Those are the only. Those are the only two groups. Those are two groups. Yeah. They, and so, um, but but just completely lights up, um, you know, the bike portion, and then and then of course has you have to deal with a marathon. I mean, he rode four twelve, broke the course record, and then ran three twelve for the marathon, which compare and contrast. Patrick Langer ran two thirty nine, and I'm here to tell you, he could have run two thirty four. Yeah, I was mind blown. Uh, watching him run it was like you couldn't have had two more contrasting people in the marathon of Sanders and Lange I was just curious because <laughs> and I and I just was reminded myself to 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 look at this because we talked about it earlier and we, we were just talking about Lucy Charles the way she was just literally swimming over the top of pro men that were started five minutes ahead of her her swim time front pack of the men's race she would have been in that front yeah, group with 48 the, minutes oh, and wow. that's swimming alone yeah, that didn't, that's not on the feet. I mean, that is that is so badass. You can't even believe it. Good for her. It really is phenomenal. Mm. So one of the things I wanted to ask you about is it, it seems 
the Iron Man seems to really favor the true runner. Yep. The running purist. And you it's almost like you you can get some lead and try to hold it off, but it just doesn't work. It comes down to the marathon. Yep. This For sport both them, listen, JB, this sport comes down to the run. Yeah. In golf there's that old adage, you drive for show and you putt for dough. Right. If you can't putt, you're never going to win. And in this sport, the swim most of the time is a non-event, right? I mean, a minute or two, it, it, you see it, it. It ultimately, even if you lose time, this, you still can come back. In this sport, I don't care what the distance is. You ride for show and you run for dough. That's, that's just the way it is. And, and, and I mean, you can't, I mean, look, compare and contrast again, Patrick Langa and Cam Wirth. Patrick Langa did he didn't ride. So so Cam Worf sets the record. He he rides 412 for the, you know, 112 miles. Langa rides, I'm gonna tell you, 428, 16 minutes slower. That's a lot of time. That's a big gap. But then he again, then you get off and run like a gazelle. Everybody's in front of you. I mean, it's, it's people are blowing up. Just picking them off. I mean, we even saw uh Ferdino sitting down. Just blown to smithereens. Like, that's got to be painful. That's just got to be brutal. Yeah. Just what? misjudgment of nutrition Who? and cramping. Frodino. No, that, I'm going to tell you that Patrick Langa won the men's race. But I tell you what, Jan Frodeno is the hero of the race. I, he was the big favorite. He had won two years in a row. Everybody bet on him winning a third year in a row. And, and he, Got into the run, and as I was watching the live feed, they were like, he hasn't come through checkpoint, whatever. They're like, in the first three miles, yeah, he was having had issues. Yeah, three-mile checkpoint. And so they're like, oh, he must have dropped out or had some blah, blah, blah. Well, then cut to he's walking mm-hmm. and limping. And I mean, if that's me, I'm just telling you right now, if that's home. me, fuck it. <laughs> I'm going home and having a Mai Tai, yeah. and it's a bad day. I'll see you next year. Which the I guy, thought he would do. Of course, you. everybody right. would. The guy, to honor the event and to honor the other 2,400 people that were there and to honor the hundreds of thousands of other people that would do anything just to have a slot, mm. he he works it out. I don't know what he did or how he did it, but he works it out. And then the next thing you know, he's running, not that fast. Obviously, he knows his race day is over. And he finishes. It's like at some at one point he shifted from man. you know wanting defend to defend his title and win again to being just like the ninety percent of the people who just want to finish. He's the, that's that that's the poster child performance of that race. holds yeah. high regard in your book for I just, just even grinding just that it's, out. It's buddy. It's not a ten k. It's a marathon, <laughs> and you're walking it. You're the you're the big favorite, and you're already walking at mile two or whatever. And then to, to whether it was a cramp or a nutritional thing or the, the talk was that he had a hamstring injury, but to just to push through. And again, if it is an injury, and they talked about this a lot on the feed, then you ask yourself, am I going to, because a marathon on an injury will be, a, that'll be a gift that, that you'll be, mm-hmm. you know, receiving for a long time. Right. So, it's like, you'd think you, if you're injured, you need to save himself yeah. for next season. He didn't, he, I don't could, know. That could be the kind was, of injury you could hats off to him. I would have, I would have been just saying I'd have quit. <laughs> you'd had a big old yeah. drink with an umbrella and yeah. in it. <laughs> I'd have been walking down the road like those amateurs swimming, you know, just side <laughs> to side. 
I didn't realize, and they didn't talk about it much in the coverage. You brought it up to me, the, the top amateurs. Like, explain to me, um, some of these top amateur times are competitive with the pros. Sure. What does it mean in, in tries to get a pro license? Is it much different than a lot of sports? You know, I, th- I don't think it's that hard. The, the thing that is hard is to qualify for this race. I mean, if, and, if, and I had this conversation with Jimmy Riccatello, an old friend of mine, a guy I raced with, the head official uh, for Ironman and was there in Kona for, for this race. Because on TV, like in watching those aerial shots of both the men's start and the women's start, I was like, there's not that many people. Like, why, why is there only 40 people? Mm-hmm. In, in each field, like, why wouldn't you have a hundred of the best? Mm-hmm. And they don't want it. They want it. The field is capped at. This is according to Jimmy. The field is capped at fifty, and you got to qualify. Like, you have mm-hmm. to. You know, they don't have to qualify with a. They can qualify with a half time, correct? I don't know that they can anymore. I think wow. like, you used to be able to, but you, but you and I don't think it's a time. We should know all these things. We're doing a podcast about <laughs> it, but we don't, listener. Um, but you you have to. Uh, I think you have to qualify with a result. And so, you know, for example, Cam Wharf, new to the sport, comes from professional cycling. Ironically, before that, he was like a damn Olympic rower for Australia. What else? What, what next? He's going to, like, you know, sing for Oasis. <laughs> but um, uh, now, so he, he, won, he won Ironman Wales. So I think you actually have to achieve the result. But to me, it just looked like the field was small. Like, why wouldn't you want more people on the pro side? But they don't. Well, on the subject of qualifying, and they talk about a lot of these competitors' results earlier in the year at different events. You know, we talked about it with Mark Allen in a, in a preview yep. show, all the events that he could win around the world but would struggle in Hawaii until he got it that first time. You would think that every, their whole year would be built up about peaking for this one event, and you find out they do so much more it's hard for me to get my brain around that the, yep. that the body can have multiple peaks like that for an event of this magnitude. I, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, to me, I don't know that you can do more than a couple of these in a year. I, and this comes from the perspective of never having done any. Um, but here, for example, because you asked about the amateurs, so that you had 41 professionals finish on the men's side. The top male amateur would have been 33rd place. So not... You know, he's, he was, you know, 54 minutes behind the winner. He's in it, by the way, too. They're in a different race. They start 30 minutes later, so they're not at the front of the race. They're not playing. I mean, what would they do if they could see the competitive man, right? If you're just, if you're in the event and, and feel like you're in the event with the helicopter and the motos and the camera, you know, you get a little rush from that. And so, yeah, that's a, those amateurs, I mean, the pros, these are individual events, but, but, and we can talk more about how close this race actually ended up being, which makes it competitive. You don't think of this thing being competitive unless you think about 1989. Um, but those amateurs, they're out there completely alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, no glory, no. Mm-hmm. And by the way, and I have a feeling they train just as much as, as the top pros. Right. Crazy. Um, I, I want to hear more of what you know about Sanders. And so as I was watching, again, it's difficult to watch eight hours of coverage. I was watching it, checking back in. And then at a certain point, 
Sanders was so far out there. I'm like, okay, this is a done deal. And I was driving over to my sister's house yep. and you're texting me. It's like, this isn't over. And I was like, what now? It's over. Sanders had it. I thought it was a done deal. <laughs> and then yeah. when I, by the time I got to my sister's house, I was like, what happened in this 15 minute drive? Yeah. It and, was... and you were, you were kind of calling it you were going, Hey, no, this isn't over. I didn't. I, and then I thought, I mean, I think he, I think Lionel Sanders, who we're talking about here, who, who a lot of people predicted to win, uh, yesterday. Um, by, by the way, the, he got caught around mile 23. So hell of an effort. Yeah. And by the way, part two, he, he has the world record for the Ironman distance, 747 Ironman, Arizona. Take a little suck off that. 747. So these guys, 801, again, different course, different climate, different conditions, mm -hmm. wind, humidity, heat, etc. But 747 is flying. So he comes in as one of the favorites. He, 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 you know, he can't drink water, much less swim in it. So he loses time, comes flying back with Cam Worth on the bike, gets off the bike in second. And and then he starts running, and everybody comments on this run style. It's it's not pretty. It's tough to watch. It's it looks like he's in so much pain. Yeah, well, it looks like a limp, to a degree. Like yeah, he's you, favoring one leg. If you didn't know, or if you hadn't seen it much, you would yeah you would think he's he's nursing an injury. But hey, it was working for him. And I did. I went back and forth. You know, I thought oh, I think he's got it in the energy lab. I thought, you know, because you see the guys coming you know, who are chasing you down. But then when he got back out to the Queen K, I think he just, I don't know what, I, I, I don't know if he had a little crisis there or I got to tell you, if I'm climbing out of the energy lab and I'm hurting like he surely was, and I see this tall German and Patrick Lang literally coming at me 20 miles an hour, <clears throat> I'm like, oh, well, I'm done. Here's what I was dying to ask you as I was watching Sanders run. So these are at this level of the sport, why is a, a guy like that not with a running coach working on form? It's not that easy, JB. It's not that they commented on, on the live feed about Cam Wirth, who comes from cycling, has figured out somehow to swim and stay within five minutes, obviously can ride and you know, talked about him and doing all the video analysis, all the gait analysis, right. all of this. How it's, do you? How can it, you not change a running style? Because it, 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 I just think it. I think a lot of this is embedded at an early age. If you've been running, or or you just, you know, it, it would be like, say you're late to this sport or late to swimming, and you get in the pool and you've watched a thousand hours of Michael Phelps videos and you have all the video analysis. I got to tell you something, you are never ever ever going to swim like not the <laughs> speed. But just the look, the style. You're, you're never going to have that fluidity, but you, that stroke. But, I mean, did you have a coach work with you on your swim stroke? Well, I started swimming have. when I was a young kid. so and I, it's it, embedded? It's, it's embedded. It's like playing the guitar or learning a foreign language or mm. or golf. Or a golf things swing. That, are the, the yeah. gro that groove um, is but just even, there. But even Tiger Woods will get with a coach and break down his golf swing and reinvent. <laughs> so th that's why it was mind-boggling to me watching Sanders. Let me, let me just tell you something. <laughs> I don't know this Lionel Sanders guy, but I saw some shit on the internet yesterday after he was what I would look like he was going to go win the Ironman. And he's got a whole other side to his story, which we can get into a little bit, although 
I don't want to gossip her, but he, he, he has a real personal story. Guy, he's Canadian, lives in Canada, I don't know, somewhere in Canada. He hardly ever trains outside. Which you're not a big fan of. Oh my God. That's the, <laughs> that is the, that is the worst thing ever. He, check this, and it's on the internet. You can find it on the internet. The son bitch has an endless pool, which forget riding on the home train or on your bike or on a treadmill. The worst thing that you could ever, ever do to somebody <laughs> is put them in an endless pool. Mm-hmm. He trains in an endless pool in the house, the garage or whatever. And then he has his bike. It sits, sits on a trainer that he he's, has on the back patio. That's And uh, then there's this clip, and you can check this on his uh, on Lionel Sanders' um, Instagram feed. He's got this it's it's like a closet, a little small room with a sauna in it and a treadmill and this other thing that generates heat, and that's where he runs. And it's like dark. I mean... So he he, he puts himself in a dark, hot closet yeah. to prepare. I mean, I, I just... And, and again, you're not training for a one-hour event. You're training for an event... What is the, eight, I mean, what is the, the longest you've ever been on a trainer or a bike trainer? couple hours couple hours yeah I, just, I couldn't it, i couldn't do it um and you lose your mind what's the long she been on a treadmill an hour maybe an hour i couldn't that's it i just but it, 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 i think it speaks to and I'm, I'm i mean i'm not i think it's amazing i think it's remarkable i think it's really kind of super fucked up <laughs> but i think it speaks to just how intense this guy is you you got it something's something has to be different in your head mm. to think that that's a good idea and to actually go do it. I mean, that's, that is a person that is way worse than having a problem on the open road in the race. Like I, there's something I admire that because I'd never, ever, ever, ever do that. If you didn't get a chance to see it, there's some good like 30 minute recap videos on YouTube that I watched again this morning. And I, again, just the most interesting thing to me of all of Iron Man was comparing Sanders to Lange. And then Lange's running style looks effortless. I mean, he is just flying. Yep. It's beautiful to watch. Like, it really is just textbook form. Yep. One of the things, it, it obviously. Before we say, uh, but Lionel Sanders, as brutal as the, the run form looks, he still ran 251. I know. I and know. so, <laughs> right. the only thing I would add is that. His, in my mind, Lionel's run form, he's running uphill. Patrick Langa's form, he's always running downhill. So just if you just imagine that in your head, that's the difference. But still, Sanders, after riding 416 or whatever he rode, which is, by the way, guys, is, you know, 27 miles an hour for 112 miles, still runs 251? Come on. I mean, that's... If you have, I know a lot of people listen to this podcast and they haven't seen it. If you're following this podcast because you're an avid cyclist and picked it up during the tour, it is so worth to going to watch some of this recap. I mean, Sanders honestly could be an extra in The Walking Dead with that form. <laughs> I mean, you, wait, you don't like the way his, his form looks? It's painful. Yeah. It is painful. And yeah. then yeah, Lange is just, I mean, literally like, a gazelle watching him run. You know, what's interesting is, I mean, in the previous shows, JB, we had, we, we talked to Mark Allen and Dave Scott 
And if you go back and you watch those races, especially 1989, their form, it's, it's the same. It's thing. very similar. You see Dave Scott, and you're like, oh my His god, his toes are kind of out, and just, just, you know, it just looks like, it just looks like he's hurting more. And, and but that's again, that goes back to it doesn't matter. Not to disc, you know, to discredit or 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 belittle what you're saying. It doesn't matter because these guys, if it's working, I know. I mean, Dave Scott's still as brutal as his run form looked. He still could run sub 240. And oh, so- how, how many of us have been out there running, think we're doing pretty good in a 10K or a half marathon or something, and some little old lady taking little dinky steps goes get, just scooting by you? We've yeah. all been there, right? Yeah. Or the baby joggers. <laughs> yeah, the baby jogger, right? <laughs> It can be very, very humbling. But I do think, and not just a, a couple of notes I made here. I think that my sense is that the the top pro men went too hard on the bike. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Lionel Sanders. Maybe even Lionel Sanders. I mean, I think it's hard to look back at his race and say, "Oh, you know, you should have done something different." I mean, he did a, it was a hell of a race. Yeah, and and I'm and he's happy with that. And race. That, if you look at the time, that could have that could have been a winning time. But obviously, he was there when Cam Worth came flying through, and and Keenley and Lionel Sanders got on that wheel, so to speak, or in that breakaway, probably is a better way to describe it. That is to ride four twelve. That is hard, and so you know, you, there's always you have this bank. Right. And, and, and you can spend your money wherever you want to spend it. But but eventually you run out of money. And so I I just wonder. And, and I think the person who was affected the most by that was Sebastian Keenley, because here's a guy who's used to riding that fast, but also running, you know, fast, too. And it, he just he he was missing a step on the run. And, and for him, you know, to finish off the podium, I'm sure you saw him at the finish. He was not happy with that performance, but I just wonder if they burned some matches on the bike. Yeah. Uh, how about, uh, and I noticed it most with Langa, pulling all these sponges out of his his jersey. Yeah. Now, obviously, the, the guys that have gotten really good at it know they need to keep their core temperature down. Sure. But it was like it was like a magic act. He was like he was just kept pulling these sponges out of it. Like, yeah. That was interesting. Yeah. And have you ever experimented with any of that? Or my trick was always, you know, in 2012 when I was doing halves, was to was to wear a not a visor but a proper, you know, real hat like a run hat, and then as often as I could to just take it off, fill it with ice, and put it on my head. So you've got this mm-hmm. this cold ice on your head that obviously is melting, and, and you're just getting constant uh, drip down, you know, your head and the back of your neck, which, as we know, is where you can really cool your your core temp and so uh the sponges i i wonder how long unless they're fr- i just and again i never did that or worked with that i don't know how long they can stay cold that's what i, I was wondering the two are they pulling them out of a, an ice chest mm-hmm. uh, i'm assuming they were cold and then then they'd pull them out and he'd squeeze it over his head and put it right back yeah in his jersey yeah but the, and and if it's of, full of water, that would be extremely heavy. Well, at this, JB, at this point in that race, everything's wet. Your yeah. your their their feet, whether they have socks on or not, shoes, feet, socks, is as if they just jumped in the pool. I mean, it's you're you're that you're running on sponges. Yeah. And but speaking of equipment choices and cooling techniques and core temp, I gotta say, 
and I and I noticed this, and and we're going back to the bike, but I don't know that I understand why in a hot race like that it might be different if it was a cool race, but in a hot race like that, why select a, a true time trial helmet that has zero ventilation? I know it's faster, but how much faster? Oh. Like you have to, the, the, at some point you have to I get never to thought about crossroads that. of, of speed, which I, I don't, I just, I think at 26, 27 miles an hour, it's versus, I mean, I would be, I'd, I'd take that thing off and my head would, 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 would there'd be flames coming off it. I mean, it's so, I might opt for some, if I knew that I had an eight hour day and the most important part of the day was the run and you needed to, you know, to be, I wouldn't select that type of helmet. You don't think it's worth it for the amount I, of, I don't, because it's, I don't, but maybe the, I run hot. I say it all the time. Your core temperature is going to be hot for four additional hours yeah. than it, more than it has to be. Yeah. And it's not like you can just pop it off and, you know, cool off for a second. No, you're, you're committed. No, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's frowned upon. We got any questions? We do. We do. Well, we do. But, you know, before we get to the questions, I mean, does it, it sort of look to me like Patrick Lange could be a very dominant force for the next two or three years? Yeah, I don't know exactly how old he is, but um, um, yeah, he, he he could be around a while. And, you know, th- these Germans, the Germans have a real stranglehold on that event it's it's they're doing something right yeah maybe it's youth programs or something like that we'll try to find out more about that uh here's some questions that came in um first this is this is cool uh it's a quote from uh, lionel sanders it said i gave it everything i had i had nothing else i love a good battle the result is second to the battle wow that's what Lionel Sanders Damn. had to say. Here's some questions. This is the guy that <laughs> swims in an endless pool. This is not a normal person. And I say that with all adulation and regard and respect because what a beast. Is he the guy? He's the one you're most curious about of the whole field. Yeah. I mean, we're not, a guy, we're, not a guy you just want to hang with, but you probably would love to he, ask he, him some things. Yeah. He's, <laughs> if, you know, if you look at that, the men's side, I mean, if, if you had somebody on the forward podcast, that you, that's the guy you have to, I mean, with his backstory and his addiction that he speaks about frequently, it, there's, he's chosen to move forward. It was some point in his life. I don't know when it was. He said, fuck it. This is not working for me. And, and I'm going to, I'm going to pivot and change my life and I, and I'm you know ultimately going to move forward so but th- I would love to hear more of that story it's interesting you bring up the addiction thing and we don't know to what level with for Sanders but a couple people come to mind you just I know you just met Rich Roll the other day sure. he he talks about alcoholism and he just put all of his focus into something more positive he's an ultra iron man yep. if you want to call it that your your uh, longtime friend Robin Williams talked about being an addict, and then he put it all into triathlons yep, cycling. and was yep. obsessed with it. And he he I remember him making comments about it. You know, it's hey, I was an addict, and I I do everything a thousand percent. He just found they find something positive to do. So let's be honest, they are trading, and and this is a good thing. They're trading one addiction for the other. Mm-hmm. The key is. Obviously, one is much healthier than the other, but the, the key is once you can't continue to to compete at that level or compete in that sport, that that you know you find something else. But I love his story. But there's where I'm going with that. There's 
there's a very similar brain chemistry of yeah. addicts and and high performing triathletes. Yep. There's got to be it's the same part of the brain. Yep. I, that's got to be. And by the going way, too, off. not to not, I mean because there are there are comparable you know these ultra runners. So these hundred mile runs, hundred and twenty mile, these crazy runs. There's also a high percentage of of the tip of that spear that's that's had some some issues. So it, it's there, you know. There's some something there, and that that's you know that's the mind of those athletes. Here's some questions. Uh, this is from Doug. Thanks you. Thank you so much for covering Ironman World Championships. What would be your speed difference in a 50k time trial compared to the 112 miles in an uh, iron distance event? If Watts would make it easier to explain, what would be the difference? What would be the difference of that output? The Watts, I mean, yeah. And by the way, the, every one of these athletes on the men and women's side were focused on their Watts. I mean, the, the, it's 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 all again goes back to that bank that you have, and then it becomes a mathematical game that you play. You know what wattage output you can do for four plus hours and still run. So nobody gets in that thing and says, oh, I feel great. I'm going to ride 30 more watts. No. Or two miles an hour press. They, they stick it on the, the prescribed wattage, and they don't take it off. And if they do, they're walking later in the day, I promise. It comes oh, back to haunt them. Yes. So, but, but to compare, um, I mean, look, the, when I was time trialing in the tour, or even Froome um, these days, I mean, it, you, got, you have to ride, I'm going to say miles. Ho- hopefully, this guy's not from... A metric society, but he can do the conversion. Yeah, you'd have to ride <laughs> 31 miles an hour to win a time trial on the Tour de France, whereas here you're riding 26, 27. So quite a bit slower, but for anybody that rides, go, go out for 30 minutes and look at try to ride 27 <laughs> right, miles an hour. Right. And maybe you're not on a narrow bike and you're not in the position. And some things so. are different. The bikes are a little different. They, they don't allow the disc wheel. In Iron Man, right. this is a good idea, right? With the, those crosswind, forty mile an hour gusts, but yeah, e- even the deep dish wheel is 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 risky for some of these athletes. And you saw them, but coming down from Hobby, athletes coming off the arrow bars onto the drops, that's not to stretch the back. That's sitting there going, okay, I nearly just got blown off the road. Yeah, that's and I've been there. And when I when I won Honu, which is the half Iron Man on the Big Island in 2012. I've ridden my bike a lot. I've ridden in the aero position a lot. If I'm out on the drops because I'm shitting, that means it's windy. And it's... Actually, I did have a disc that day. I guess they allowed them for the half. I did have a disc. Yeah, that can be sketch. Super sketch. Uh, I don't know who sent this question in, but it's a good one. Who was your trainer when you returned in triathlon after cycling? Yeah, so mostly... Oh, that was George sent that in. Yeah, so the biggest... uh, The biggest struggle hurdle for me was more technical. So I knew, I mean, I, I swam masters, so that was taken care of. I, I went out and did hard rides and stuff that I, w- I knew how to do. And then I would run with local guys or the local group. So I just kind of cobbled that together. But Jimmy Riccatello, who I spoke to spoke about earlier, really helped sort of put all that together, but also too, from a technical standpoint, whether you're dealing with hydration, nutrition, transitions, T1, T2, um, positioning in the swim, just the, you know, it, it had been so long and the sport was so different from when I had done it 20 years previously that I just had just super novice questions and, and, and needed advice on, on things like that. 
Did you practice transitions over and over? Do these people actually trans? Do, do they do that? Of like, course What do you did. do that in your backyard? Yeah. Yeah. I used to get all this grief because I would sit down and put socks on for the run. <laughs> Which is in hindsight, I deserved it. That That is pretty lame. I would never wear socks now. <laughs> I've actually seen a triathlete in a wedding ride in on his bike and transition into a tuxedo. Kid you not. Wow. <laughs> we should end the podcast right now. <laughs> Here's uh, somebody wrote in. Hopefully, J- the wife ran. <laughs> I mean, like in the preview show, you will not get laid for a year. <laughs> uh, JB and Lance, this po- person's obviously been listening to stages for a while because they say uh, I'm from North Georgia and decided to go balls deep and make my first triathlon this weekend, a full Ironman in Louisville, Kentucky. So they knocked it out this weekend too. Wow, uh, it's awesome! You guys are doing the show Hopefully this week. They trained for it, <laughs> right? Uh, it's definitely getting pumped for Sunday. So hopefully that went well for Ben yesterday. Uh, by the way, my wife would have castrated me if I had spent 25K on this year's journey. That's what we learned also in the preview show. That's about an average of what an a- triathlete might spend. I on saw, the check this out. This, 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 uh, this blew me away. So the, all of these segments were sponsored by, so they, they kept referring to it on the live feed. So Roka was the swim sponsor. So they said it, they said the name like a thousand times and Ventum was a bike maker. Apparently they, they said that name a million times and then Hoka was the run sponsor. But I saw on one of these triathlon websites today that the new Ventum triathlon bike, it's the super Ventum or whatever. Ready? Okay. Hit me. $29,000 for a bike. Holy shit. What's it made of? Gold. (laughs) I didn't look. I don't know, but I just saw the price. I was like, that's amazing. And these people will buy it. That's unreal. Can you buy? You can to a certain degree buy speed. speed. But that's bragging rights at a certain point, right? Um, A couple people we need to talk about before we go. One is an athlete, Tim Don, who went to the hospital uh, prior, prior to the race from an accident. Uh, and then the one that's more concerning is uh, uh, the Matt Russell's accident that happened during the race. Right. It sounds like a, a van or pulled out in front of him, went into it and uh, through the glass, went through the window, and a laceration on the neck has been in very serious condition. Yep. Uh, and you know, this course is, is uh, and I'm just pulling up the you caring site for Matt Russell, but this, this, this is a closed course, right? And so there, there are some vehicles out there, media, neutral support, you know, blah, blah, whatever. But there, there's, not, there's not people driving from the airport to their hotel. And so somehow, and, and again, it's not a perfect, you know, it's not total lockdown. So somebody, somehow somebody got out there and, and he ended up, this, this, this athlete, Matt Russell, ended up hitting the car. But, you know, my sources tell me that he's doing a lot better but it's still a serious situation. So his family has started a you caring site. Mm-hmm. So sort of like a, it's kind of like is, a GoFundMe, yeah, but it's for know, it's I for medical he's, he's reasons. British? Oh, he's doing great. So when I checked earlier, so their their goal is fifty thousand dollars. When I checked earlier, it was at about nine, and we're just about to go over eighteen. Okay. So you guys can look up youcaring.com and and uh, support Matt and Gillian Russell after the Kona bike crash. Yeah, youcaring.com slash Matt Russell, M-A-T-T-R-U-S-S-E-L-L, if you want to donate. Two T's, two S's, two L's. Yeah. Yeah, if you guys can, I'm going to chip in. So you guys, you guys, 
hop on the wheel and let's uh, let's try to help Matt and his family. There you go. We, you we need the it. one thing we got to talk about because this is this is we're done with the Hawaii Ironman for 2017. But this week, JB, I, I don't know if you have this on your calendar or not, but this Wednesday, <laughs> the Tour de France announces their new route of the 2018 course, which is really for you know for the teams and, and the directors and the athletes and quite frankly anybody us included. It's an interesting day. This is where you. You know, you always know where it starts. You kind of, you know what you're doing for the first couple of days, but you don't know if you do Alpe d'Huez, if you do Vontu, if you mm -hmm. have a team time trial, mm -hmm. if you have one individual or two individuals or how long they are. They're, this is the day where they just pull pull the, the curtain back and say, here is the 2018 tour. So we're going to watch the presentation. We've got some debate over here. Is that Tuesday? Is it the 17th? Tuesday the 17th? It's, the 18th. it's Wednesday the 18th. Wednesday the 18th. Okay. And so, so, so we're going to come out and, and after that is revealed the Tour de France yep. route yep. for for next summer, you're going to give your thoughts on that and how it affects everybody. Yep, and 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 there and like anything in the world, and in, including the world of sports, there's been some some you know some uh, not leaks, but there's they can guys can figure this out. They figure out. And they take the time to do it, which just blows my mind. It's like, why don't you just wait till October 18th? They go and they see where massive amounts of hotels have been blocked in certain areas. Oh. So if, for <laughs> these guys, these sluice that do it, if Alpe d'Huez is completely booked up, the entire hill, to, you know, reserved in a certain, then, then they know the tour has reserved all of that for, for the riders, for the staff, for the entourage, for the sponsors. And so the, the, the talk is that... Um, that there's going to be cobbles. The talk is that they're going to Alpe d'Huez, and there's talk that they'll do it twice. Um, there is no talk of the Mont Ventoux. And what else is the talk? Well, we'll see. We'll see what happens Wednesday, but we're going to break it down on okay. Wednesday and give our thoughts and analysis. That's where we'll return on stages. And, you know. Uh, oops, it is Tuesday. It is Tuesday the 17th. Shows you what I know. Okay. That's what I had on my I calendar. It was the 18th. <laughs> Tuesday. So at some point on Tuesday, we'll get that out. And uh, you can't do Tuesday. I'm kidding. <laughs> and grab your gear. Grab your gear. People are digging it. It's uh, if you just go to we do sport dot com. Uh, there's kits. There's the suffer T-shirts, stages, tees, yep. hats. I saw Dave rocking a dad hat. Did you get some dad hats out? Nope. That hats he are just had one sample, maybe. Really lucky. <laughs> but you can get your gear uh, there at, at wedosport.com. Yep. And, and again, congratulations to Daniela Reef and Patrick Lang. I mean, incredible performances. And, and it was a race. Like, I loved, I loved, to me, it was like they finish. And then before you turned, like, you looked again and somebody else was finished. Like, it was, to me, that was, it was an actual competition. Whereas sometimes this event, there's just bodies everywhere. This yeah. was, they were racing which is cool <laughs> all right thank you thanks for tuning in